<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Happy Tuesday. It's the Bauer and Rose podcast, the Bauer and Rose show. Right here at justthenews.com, wherever you get your podcasts. And I have been hearing rumors that some of you, some of our listeners, have not been hitting the subscribe button and have not been giving us a five-star rating and have not been calling uh, the folks at SiriusXM to tell them at Channel 125, The Patriot, how wonderful this podcast is. So shame, shame, shame on you. Gary, I'm going to hit you with something, and I like to do this because Bauer always comes to these shows blind. Uh, well, thanks a lot, Thomas. No, he then then that's that's to your credit. I the last couple of nights because of the NATO summit in Lithuania that's happening today and Biden's visit to the UK, I've been watching a bunch of uh, foreign broadcasts: Sky News, ABC Australia, um, and I have a statement to make, and I think I can back it up. My statement is as follows. <clears throat> The United States of America has now become, by far and away, the most corrupt government in the English-speaking world. Let me tell you what I mean. Wow. In- I, seriously, folks, mark the time down and the date for Tom Rose, who is a, instinctively a patriot with every ounce of his whole body and his DNA – and I know, Tom, what you're getting ready to say here is is drawing a distinction between the American nation we love, the American government, and the American government, which we are currently cursed. Although by. I would, I would, well, let let me just tell you what I mean by that. In the UK right now, the big scandal is over a BBC news presenter having tried to pay off someone in government to shut down an investigation into whether or not he sent illicit pictures to a minor. And the bribery amount that they're all going crazy about is 3,000 pounds. And I got to chuckle. You guys are corruption pikers. You don't know what corruption is. In New Zealand, the scandal right now refers to the former prime minister who attended parties during COVID that did not have proper, um, that violated the, the, the COVID restrictions. That's their big scandal. She was thrown out of office. Boris Johnson, the former UK prime minister, now faces all kinds of, of problems and legal challenges because he attended a party during lockdown. His advisor, Dominic Cummings, the, the 
the brilliant Carl Rove without the whiteboard of, of, of UK politics, faces charges now for visiting his ailing parents during the lockdown without notifying the... Pro- These people don't know corruption if it hits them in the backside. We got a president of the United States who's taken up to $40 million from the Chinese Communist Party, who is showcasing and broadcasting his drug-addicted, scumbag son at major White House events. And the media here is asking, why is he taking Hunter? Why is he... Why is he... um, why is he doing all these things to try and protect Hunter and put him back in the public light and say how everything is wonderful? And the media is saying, well, because he's a loving father. I had another eureka moment last night about the Hunter Biden thing. Why Joe is not only not distancing himself from Hunter, but hugging Hunter, embracing Hunter. Fear, fear, fear of Hunter. Bingo! Bingo! That this is, is not why cool. You keep me on the show. He's blackmailing the old man. That's read no some question. of the texts on the emails. Read some. Read the texts from the laptop. My, our dad, your granddad, he's screwing us out of the fifty percent. He promised me if my dad would only. He's blackmailing the old man. Uh, Tom, that you mean. We can talk about a lot of the things you brought up. I have no doubt this last point you just made is absolutely true. That is the reality. And and you're right to go back to the laptop because when you look at the laptop, drug adult Hunter is speaking in an uncautioned um, way. He's angry. He's taking drugs. He's upset with his status in life. And it is clear in those text messages and emails that he feels exploited by his president, that he, by his father, he's been the bag man for the whole family. He's got to bring money in, not only for dad, he's got to bring money in. It goes to 10 other uh, Biden relatives around the country. Everything he does, dad, the big man, the big guy gets a big cut of the money. And he says to the relative, well, hopefully you won't get treated the way I've gotten treated. Every step of the way, Joe Biden and Jill Biden have understood that if they in any way mistreat Hunter, don't embrace Hunter, don't put Hunter front and center, he may go off the deep end again. Who knows? He could bring a bag of cocaine right into the White House and start using it right there. I mean, who knows what this guy might it wasn't, do? It wasn't Hunter's cocaine. And the reason— No, no, I, uh, I don't think it, it is. It, because because there was some left over. <laughs> I, I, you know, if this was the Trump administration, you know what would happen, Tom? Some unnamed um, government— official in one of the big departments dealing with national security issues would say to the Washington Post, I I can't be quoted on the record, but in the next week, a bombshell audio recording is going to come out of the president and his son on Air Force One, in which it's been captured that Hunter says to his president, uh, Dad, I'd like the cocaine. And the president says, 
I don't have the cocaine. I thought you brought the cocaine. And that story will go out and and it will be reported all over. There'll be panels about it. There'll be talk on Capitol Hill. But there never will be the audio. You know what I mean? That This is what Trump and any Republican president is subjected to all the time. We have proof. We have an audio. We have a video. We have a taped phone conversation that shows this and that and so forth. So I, I have no doubt that, you know, it's not. I mean, I think he may be getting I think Biden, uh, President Biden may be getting uh, uh, in, in their own way a uh, blackmail by communist China. Uh, by, uh, who knows, by Zelensky or elements in Ukraine. But I think the one thing that is certain is that he fears his own son because his own son, if he gets desperate enough and angry enough, can blow this whole scandal-ridden family to smithereens. If you read these emails, I don't have them in front of me, but they're not just of a son who wants more from the old man. They're angry and they're bitter and he's trying to turn his children against their grandfather. And I think what we've seen in the last week, I don't know if it'll amount to much because once there's a Republican nominee, be it Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or whoever, all the talk that we've heard in the last week about how the media is turning on the Bidens, that'll go away and they'll circle the wagons around Biden. But the stories now that mainstream media, legacy media, is just now seems to be discovering that Joe Biden might not be such a nice guy. The family conspiring and coordinating to deny the existence of a four-year-old girl and everyone goes, Maureen Dowd, the New York Times. My God, she criticized the Bidens. Well, who cares about Maureen Dowd? This stuff has been going on for 50 years. Joe Biden is a scumbag. The family are a, a, a cheap knockoffs of a failed Soprano uh, a pilot episode. They're, they're grifters. They're wannabe gangsters. He's a, he's a dirty old man. The media covered up, and I worked for the uh, subsequent vice president for four years and spent a bunch of time at the vice president's residence uh, on projects, working and, and writing stuff together with, with the team. Secret, servant, Secret Service agents there had to put up with a 70-year-old man swimming naked in the pool while they watched him, the guards, and that he only did this with women he didn't swim naked in front of men and that he showers with his teenage daughter, Ashley, who's also now apparently a, a, a chemical dependent uh, basket case. And who has who who written about the showers and said, I think this explains some of the problems I've had with my sexuality over the years my father should not have been in the shower with me at that age. Uh, he's a total scumbag. And uh, nothing Donald Trump could even envision in his most, uh, in his deepest, darkest recesses of his mind compares to anything like that. And you, you have... Know, Go ahead. You know, Tom, there was a, a video I saw a, a couple days ago 
But then I, I think it was actually played on uh, on Fox on one of the the uh, prime time shows. And it looked like it was recent, but I, I don't have a lot of the details, but I don't think they would have played it on Fox unless it it was a correct video. So the president is at some event and he thinks he's posing for a picture with um, a, a girl that looks like she's about 13. Um, and so he, he's leaning in and he's got his face next to hers and what you can't see is that she's holding the phone in her hand, right? So while this is going on, he says, let me tell you a secret. And he leans in and you see him whispering into her ear. And then when he pulls back, he says to her, now don't tell your mama. I'm serious. Don't tell your mom. This was in, this was Ash Carter's daughter, the Secretary of Defense. Oh, you you're familiar with sure, this? Sure, sure, yeah. Is it an old clip? Uh, it comes from President Obama's appointment of Ash Carter as Defense Secretary. I think that was in 2015, 2016. Okay, so uh, so what what was what do you say to a girl and then say don't tell your mama? I mean, it just look the guy. There, there's something deep. There's something deeply wrong there. You know, Tom. Just from a public policy standpoint, uh, the probably a top three, uh, top five um, horrible problem for the United States is fatherlessness. Uh, our, our, we have millions of children uh, whose fathers and thus grandfathers are are not around. They get the woman pregnant and they're off on their merry way. Yeah, it's not my responsibility. You don't want the baby aborted. And so you have whole communities where uh, children are growing up and, and they, they never see uh, a man in the house taking care of his wife and children or getting up every day and going to a job. Presidents ought to be addressing this issue. There was high hope that the Obamas would. They had an intact family. If he would have addressed that issue and talked to black men, that would have done more to help the black community in America than all the reparations in the world. Now you've got a president who couldn't possibly talk about this issue because he encourages his own son and he himself refused to acknowledge the daughter granddaughter in their family. It's disgusting. It's cruel. If I, it's... More, if I hear one more Republican senator ever, 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 ever say again, well, I don't agree with uh, President Biden. I think, but uh, He's a really nice guy. He's a really nice guy. A lucky go lucky guy. I was over here at the Oval Office. Oh, it's just so it's so easy to be around him. We're finding out, you know, he he you know, he won't acknowledge a grandchild. He's enabled his son or he did whatever he did to his son to be a bag man, taking money from foreign interests. It's coming out now. He's one mean SOB. Uh, staff members are afraid to go in by themselves with him because they're afraid he'll start railing against them, dropping the F-bomb. He's a hypocrite because when he goes out in front of the cameras, he says, if I ever see one of my employees talking down to another employee, they're fired right away. This guy, look, you could see the anger 
when you watch the hearings of Clarence Thomas to be on the Supreme Court. You could see the anger in the 2020 presidential campaign when every once in a while some brave citizen of the United States would dare to confront candidate Biden on an issue. And Biden's default position was to go directly to meltdown. Oh, yeah. You want to go outside to settle that? You know, that was his attitude. Uh, yeah, I, I, the next time he says you want to go outside to settle, whoever he says it to you should say, yeah, let's go. As long as you guarantee the Secret Service will not get involved, Mr. President, let's go outside. Let's go behind the barn. This guy can barely open a door by himself, let alone, by, uh, Tom, and this is going to insult you, let alone lead America into a potential European war with Russia. I can't. This is what I can't understand. Why the neocons, why almost every serious person on Fox News, why almost every House member and senator that I respect in many ways, because they've been strong on national defense, etc., will on the one hand talk about how this guy is an imbecile. He doesn't know where he is. He announced over the weekend that not only is Ukraine running out of ammunition, but he let out a national top secret. Uh, the United States is running out of ammunition, too. That, that, that was a violation of classified information. Actually, not- it, it was worse than that. He didn't simply say we're running out of ammunition, which everyone knows. He specified the precise artillery pieces. Right. And so, I'll, I'll repeat them just because it's now out there. The 155-millimeter uh, artillery piece that comes out of right. a uh, howitzer. Which we're running thousands of shells behind a, a, a month to keep Hundreds up of it. thousands. I right. mean, these are, yeah. uh, these are almost like bullets in a war of attrition across a no-man's so, so land. So, Tom, here's, here's what I don't understand, and I'm going to keep going back to it. So you've got all these people correctly saying – that this man, that he, he's a national embarrassment. He couldn't even surrender in Afghanistan well. That was a tragedy. He couldn't stop a Chinese balloon. But then in the very, they go for a commercial break and they come back and they're all like, okay, he needs to send F-35 to the Ukraine. The cluster bombs, more cluster bombs. Let's mine this. Let's do that. He can defeat, we can defeat the Soviet you you are trying to do these people are trying to do everything they can to get us in a major war between us and Russia with Joe Biden as commander in chief and tom let me just tell you what i think a lot of people are forgetting if god forbid we get into that war in the next 6 months you have reelected joe biden This country does not vote out presidents that are leading America in a major war. They don't do it. So once we miscalculate on what we're pushing Biden to do in Ukraine and a cornered Putin says, like Hades, am I going to go down in history this way? I'm going to hit him with this and we are in a major war. Mike Pence, all of you, all the kids, may as well save themselves time and money. 
God knows who will win the war. I have no confidence that a Joe Biden run war will be a war we'll win. But second of all, the American people will rally around that man in that White House, unlike anything we've seen since 9-11, when George W. Bush, who took office with negative approval ratings, saved his presidency by the events that happened on 9-11. He shot up to the stratosphere, and it took about two years for him to fritter that away to back to negative approval ratings. And I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Oh, I don't what? think I don't think they do either. They're totally reactive. There's no strategy here. And you and I have differed on uh, Ukraine per se, um, not in terms of uh, purpose, but regarding strategy. Now, I want to deal with this cluster bomb issue, which which before uh, you do that, can I ask you one more question? Mm -hmm. Because I want to deal with that, too. Nine months ago, when the government agencies, the Pentagon, CIA, NSA and politicians getting their information from those places were telling us that. Uh, the Russian military was on the verge of collapse. They were running out of ammunition. They were running out of tanks. Um, Ukraine is going to defeat Russia in this war. Were they knowingly lying to us? Because it ends up Russia isn't running out of ammunition. Ukraine and America are. So were they knowingly lying or is our intelligence that bad that they got that that wrong? Or was it just propaganda? I think it could be all three. I mean, Putin's position forever has been that Ukraine's a fake country. And not just Putin's position, Russia's position. OK, uh, Russia's right? position. I mean, Russia has claimed the territory of Ukraine since 1917. That's right. Actually, Okay. The other argument to that is that Poland has claimed at least a third of Ukraine for about uh, 700 years. Anyway, the disintegration of the Russian army that you talked about, the destruction of Russia's military capacity, the destruction of Russia's will to fight, which has been not only predicted, it's been promised for 17 months now. None of it's proven true, as you point out, and I'm much more of a hawk on this than you are. Hold on, I'm going to hit my cough button because Bauer hates to hear me cough. So it'll just take a second. I just coughed. Um, what we've got is the Ukrainian military intelligence that's fighting the war. Their propaganda has entered our bloodstream to become our media's coverage of the war. Our media is not really covering the war, Gary. It's fighting the war on behalf of Ukraine by putting Ukraine's very effective, and it is very effective, disinformation platforms as a self-fulfilling prophecy. Our media is more supportive of Ukraine in its, I think, just war against Russian aggression than they've been in support of any war that we ourselves have fought since the Second World War. In other words, our media has been far more supportive of Ukraine, which is fine with me, 
Why? Uh, but it's not fine with me because because Russia invaded Ukraine. It's on the. You, you, no wait. No wait a minute, Tom. You're telling me that this left wing media has suddenly got concerned about. No, I'm not Russia. talking about the media. I'm talking about me. The no, reason I'm asking that my why was why is the left wing media that is constantly promoting socialism, attacking conservatives, going after Donald Trump. Going That's after it. You Mike just answered Pence. it. You why just answered it. Suddenly- Two words. Donald Trump. That's I, it. It's all about Donald Trump. Russia. More than that. Well, it might be. It might be America hatred, but the media is more favorably disposed toward Ukraine's uh, war or Russia's war against Ukraine than it's ever been uh, in support of our wars, whether it's in Afghanistan, whether it's in Iraq, not to mention not to mention uh, Vietnam. Our media has been more supportive of Ukraine and its war, justified war against Russian aggression, in my opinion, than they've ever been in support of any American military operation. We're not disagreeing as much as you'd like to think. Now, it's very possible that this spring offensive, which is now we're in the middle of the summer, is successful, but it certainly doesn't look like it's going to be successful. So how do we get to peace? How do we get to armistice at the very least? No one's discussing that. No one's talking about that. There's no strategy for it. Now to the cluster bomb issue and, and, you know, Hear me out here, Bauer. Hold, just hold on a second before you. I'm being remarkably before uh, you, you know, before un, you fire interrupting before you fire the uh, the retro rockets. I'm I'm just loading right now. The a cluster bomb for those folks who don't know, and I imagine there might be one or two out there who don't know, is what's called an area effect weapon. It releases this much larger amount of smaller bomblets. It's designed to take out infantry and take out armor on a much broader scale than a regular conventional weapon. They were developed during the Second World War, designed to hit all kinds of targets over a wide area. Um, More recently, they've been advanced. They've now got what are called shaped charges, where the uh, uh, channel explosive energy goes in a specific direction, so it's allowed, allows these cluster bombs to destroy armor, too. The Biden administration says it's going to start supplying these these uh, depicums. I think they're called dual-purpose, improved, whatever the heck it is. Now, here's my problem. A cluster bomb, like a rifle, like a kitchen knife, like a nuclear weapon, in and of itself, does not have negative or positive value. If I'm being invaded meaning the United States or Israel or whatever, being invaded, and we're being overwhelmed by conventional forces and cluster bombs will help protect our people. I'm all for them. But this administration, because ideology is what animates them and drives them, says for the first two years of the administration that cluster bombs are immoral weapons and constitute war crimes. Our press secretary, Jen Psaki, says, and you've probably seen this clip numerous times now on conservative outlets. Accused Russia of being... uh, Right. When Russia used it, it's a war crime. When we use it, uh, they save the day. The problem is there's no strategy. There's no broader thought. They don't think past the ends of their nose. Cluster bombs are devastating weapons. Anytime the Israelis are forced to use them, the U.S. condemns Israel, threatens it with arms uh, cutoffs, aid cutoffs, and now we're going to be supplying them to Ukraine because the 
a spring offensive, and now we're in the middle of the summer, uh, doesn't appear to be uh, making any progress. And the Russians have had eight months to dig in and build incredibly uh, secure fortifications that are extremely difficult to bypass. So because there's no strategy, because there's no design other than, quote, we'll fight as long as it takes, this war is going to go on. There's no... There's no push for an armistice. There's no push for any kind of, of, of getting to peace. If peace is unsatisfactory to Ukraine, if peace is unsatisfactory to the Russians, there's a catch. This, this, the cluster munitions ban, there's a, a convention, a, a UN convention, the Convention on Cluster Munitions, it bans these munitions. Now, neither the United States nor Russia nor Ukraine have signed the convention, but 25 of the 31 NATO members have. And Germany has been blocking Estonia's bid to transfer these weapons to Ukraine since the war started. Ukraine already has cluster munitions from Turkey, also not a signatory. So it's not as though they don't have them. They don't have the absolute state-of-the-art latest iteration of them, but they have them. And if we're really intent on letting this thing go on and on and on, let's say Ukraine wins after two, three, four, five years of this horrendous charnel house, Cuisinart massacre. Then where are we? Let's say they win. The country's destroyed. It's got the second largest army in Europe. It's the, it will be the most well-trained. Then where are we? We've got a country with no prospects, no future, heavily armed, uninterested or unvested in any kind of security cooperation with the West, which we won't concretize. I just don't understand uh, this this zero-sum thinking that we can't get from today to tomorrow without any kind of a plan. Well, Tom, th- I mean, look, you, th- th- you're stealing my thunder. I mean, this this is what's been wrong with American foreign policy, in my view, for, for decades. Um. You know, George W. Bush and a good bit of uh, the Republican Party and the foreign policy establishment um, has been all in on this idea that it is the job of the United States to preserve a certain liberal world order, uh, that there's a set of rules. And if you violate those rules, the United States is going to deal with you. Uh, Nobody ever says when we deal with you, what is going to replace the evil government or person that we're going to get rid of? So we you know, go flopping into Iraq with nobody asking, well, what kind of government will replace Saddam Hussein? No, nobody says anything about, well, now, wait a minute, Iraq is the major impediment other than Israel to the desires of Iran to dominate the region. Iran and Iraq had been in a number of very costly wars to both countries. Iran is now essentially, Iraq is now essentially a puppet of Iran. The Iraqi government takes orders from Tehran. So you gave your son... Or you gave your son's legs or your son gave his arm or his sight in Iraq so that Iran can run the Iraqi government 
the communist Chinese can come into Iraq and drill for oil and actually post Chinese soldiers to guard the oil fields in Iraq that American soldiers died to liberate. But that's all getting... Do you think, or why does anybody think this is a foreign policy that can be sustained, Tom? But it is not. It is, a, it is a foreign policy that has led to one disaster after another. It is a foreign policy that is bankrupting the nation. It is a foreign policy that is leading more and more American families that were families that had among themselves fathers and grandfathers that served in the U.S. military who are now saying to their sons, Johnny, don't want you to join him. Well, that, that's all that's all that's all going to get fixed now because Army Secretary Christine Warmoth had who, by the way, she this is our Army Secretary started off as an intern in the Clinton White House in the class with Monica Lewinsky. Just oh F, F, just FYI. She, if, if, wait a minute. If, if Bill Clinton's taste had been among interns had been a little bit different. History would have been complete. And Monica Lewinsky could be on the way to heaven. I, have, I haven't even gotten to the punchline. You haven't oh, even sorry. let me get to the punchline. Okay. Uh, she says that, quite proudly, that the Army is going to begin drafting a proposal for a complete overhaul of our recruiting in order to ensure that we don't create a warrior caste. She says that our military is depending too much on families, and this could create a warrior caste. The plan that she's talking about seeks to draw in people who have no connection whatsoever to the military in order to broaden the appeal of military service. So rather now, Gary, than looking for the best people, forget about the best people, uh, even people that are adequate, right? Even people that are just plain old qualified, The goal is to match the force that uh, we retain to defend us to match the force of the census data. But she tells us there's even more good news because the Army is now on track, Gary, to meet its directed level of 5,800 officer commissions that match the diversity requirements within all six of the armed branches. I mean, who needs a warrior caste when you can pick your fighters by race? This is... Well, why do you assume it's only by race? I mean, that's not the only diversity uh, criteria in America. This is an administration that spends a good bit of its political capital every day on sexual politics, on sexual identity. They're just news this in the last 24 hours. The, the, the National Institute of Health has just been given $3 million more million because the Biden administration is deeply concerned that black transgendered children are being underserved. And so $3 million are going to be given to the NIH to make sure that black American children whose schools are failing, whose streets are unsafe, whose homes have no fathers, whose economic opportunities in urban areas are limited. But what's Biden worried about? They may not be able to change their gender with as much ease as white liberal children families can do it. Tom, 
It's insanity. And what and it brings me back to my original question. Shouldn't Republicans at some point say to themselves, you know, maybe we better back off a little bit about constantly beating the war drums when we have a military that's being turned into something that looks like the gathering at a San Francisco bathhouse. I I mean, on every front, we are doing to our military things that we ought to be battling about. We ought to be going to war about what they are doing to our military. That's why. Then, what is it? What does it gain the world if we save Ukraine from Russia, but we lose America to this nonsense? Oh, 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 Mr. Brower, Mr. Brower, can I say something? Mr. Yeah, Power, if it's not stupid, if it's another <laughs> stupid thing, I'm sending you to the principal's office. Please, please, please call okay, on me. Call okay. on me. The little Jewish boy in the back. What do you want? <laughs> Look, Dem- I, this doesn't even bear repeating, but I'm going to anyway. Democrats, in the end, they unite and they fight as one and they play for keeps. That I can only respect. They'll imprison their opponents if they have to. They'll do whatever they need to protect their power, to expand their power. And I think that's where this LGBT child gender bending stuff might come into play. The rush to get kids to make irreversible, life-altering, and in many cases, life-destroying decisions about their bodies isn't really about the kids. It's about cap creating and capturing a new demographic. Identity politics here promises liberation for all of the marginalized groups, while it actually forces these reliable, created constituencies into voting blocks, and they're going to vote Dem. No single group in this country has been more sinned against by the, the left than the children of this country's, the children of this country and their families. Mutilated and destroyed and supported by courts, these children, to provide votes for a political party. That's why I think Democrats are going to fight to the death on this. I don't think they're giving up. I think that's why the DOJ plots to uh, investigate and harass and intimidated and re- intimidate uh, parents who resist this. Why the left-wing hate group, the Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, names Moms for Liberty a hate group because they're trying to protect their children from being uh, mutilated, from being castrated, from being given double mastectomies as 12-year-olds. I think it's why Democrat judges a block a lot of these laws to protect kids, why the HHS secretary is calling openly to go on offense against uh, these parents. Look, they're building for the future Democrats. Their party needs an ever-expanding universe of quote-unquote disaffected, oppressed minorities. And they think that creating a class of, of sexualized and mutilated kids will ultimately turn into Democrat voters. The math is there, right? 90% of LGBT people now, according to polls, if they can be believed, vote Democrat. And it's just like open borders. Democrats are artificially, unfortunately successfully, reshaping our national demographic makeup 
to create an electorate that will support them. These policies, Gary, they're not about progress. They're not about liberating. They're not about freeing. They're about winning, period. Pure, as Joe would say, I'm not joking. It's about winning. Uh, Tom, so this summer, um, while the the uh, Pentagon is um, you know busy putting out orders to their officers on how they should handle it when uh, men in their unit come to them and tell them that they're pregnant, um, it's a big <laughs> big issue in the military. And I am not jesting, my friends. That the military, the Pentagon, has actually written directions for officers on how to treat pregnant men, I'll say it again, pregnant men in their units. And the answer is you must treat them just like you treat the pregnant women in, their, in your units. This is the equivalent of a, of a, of a lobotomy. Uh, Planned Parenthood is offering summer camps for kids that are sex summer camps. The whole purpose of the summer camp is to teach the kids about sex. Transgender summer camps have sprung up around the country. We were so much more independent. You know, we learned about sex Let, at summer camps behind, like, the bicycle shed when nobody yeah, was watching. Yeah. Well, and, it, and it, was, it was all accurate, too. So <laughs> while, we're, while all this is happening during the summer— Okay, here's a report from the Daily Caller News Foundation. This is you're not this is serious. No. This isn't Babylon no. B. No. The Chinese military is training kindergartners to handle firearms and fight like soldiers in boot camps across summer across China this summer. According to dozens of school social media accounts reviewed by the Daily Caller News Foundation. So while we are urging Ukraine to keep fighting, while we are running out of ammunition, while we waited until the balloon had left the United States before we shot it down, China is teaching little five- and six-year-olds. Listen, the boot camps feature combat training for boys and girls with a wide variety of toy weapons, including knives, grenades, rifles, shoulder-fired missiles, and require the children to adopt military behavior, such as saluting, the school social media posts show. The rise in the militarization of China's youth follows a 2019 Chinese Communist Party Central Committee push for increased national defense education and a related effort directing schools to hold national defense education activities in 2022. Meanwhile, while we are, again, diverted to look at Ukraine American schools are clearly not doing this. You can't even get an armed guard in an American school to protect the children. That's how much the revulsion against guns is in America's schools. But at the same time that this is happening in communist China, which, of course, I would never want to happen here. I wouldn't want us to be doing this with kindergarten kids. But what are we doing with kindergarten kids and first graders and second graders and fifth graders and eighth graders? We're exposing them to inappropriately sexualized material. 
We're teaching them to hate America. We're teaching the white kids that they were born racist. We are teaching the black kids that they will be oppressed their entire life. We are teaching them that the founding fathers are all bums because some of them were slave owners, while Chinese schools are teaching their children that Chairman Mao, who committed genocide, is a hero they should look up to even today, while communist China has camps today where they have enslaved people. But we need to go to war in Ukraine because that's the big thing. Look over here. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Are you, are you, are you done? You done? No, I'm probably not really done. You're listening to the Gary Bauer show here on, uh, we have to take a break. Dory has been hounding me now for like it. 11 minutes. He's pounding on the walls here. They, and I'm I like, tell him to shut to up long enough so we can take a break. We'll be right back. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back, everybody. Tom Rose, Gary Bauer with you. The Bauer and Rose Show, the Bauer and Rose Podcast. We're here regularly. We're on the weekend. We're on radio on the weekends at our good, with our good friends uh, at Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125. We're going to go from the sublime now to the ridiculous. And uh, Chris Christie. I mean, I'm, can I just can I vent now for maybe seven seconds before you, I'm interrupted? Yeah, you, we had about ten minutes when I called on you at the back of the room <laughs> because I knew if I didn't call on you, you were going to be reporting me to your parents <laughs> or the local synagogue or whatever. You know <laughs> so. why? And I'm going to answer the question. This is it's a setup, but I'm going to answer it. So don't jump in. I'm going to answer it. Why does the media and the D.C. New York City uh, rhino establishment. Yes, I'm talking to you, Wall Street Journal, and specifically Peggy Noonan. Why are they all shilling for Chris Christie? Why is Chris Christie on all these TV shows? Every time you turn the TV on, on a legacy channel, it's the big mouth. Will someone explain that to me? I, I Mark Levin had a great line. I don't even... He's so brilliant. A lot of times he doesn't remember his lines. He goes, Biden ran his last campaign from the basement. Chris Christie's running his campaign from the refrigerator. Um, <laughs> well, like no, raw <laughs> personal attack. To, uh, no, but oh, seriously, oh. why is he on TV all the time? Well, we know the answer to that because he trashes Trump. And now he's trashing DeSantis. That's why he's on TV all the time. So what does that tell you? It tells me that major elements, if not controlling elements of this Washington, D.C., New York uh, GOP establishment is supporting a candidate that doesn't have a shot in hell because he trashes the two candidates to get about 85 percent of GOP voter support. What does Chris Christie stand for other than hating Trump. Can anybody tell me anything? They tell themselves, 
and uh, us through their control of our party that we're the ones that are out of touch. Peggy Noonan says Chris Christie could easily beat Joe Biden. Now, Chris Christie's at 1% in the polls, 1%. And she's so sure that we're the ones that are out of touch. The 85% that support either of our two leading candidates, and I got to tell you, I like the Dickens out of both of them. I think DeSantis is fantastic. I think Trump has proven he's fantastic. I like them both. But we now have our betters telling us that we don't know what we're talking about. They really know. She talks about the cult of personality around Donald Trump. And meanwhile, she's the one who chairs the Chris Christie cult of personality. She's so condescending. She's so holier than thou. And I don't think she's all that bright. Uh, I just, I don't know. I read it, and I know I've said this to you, and I've said this to others for the past 15 years. I'm done with Peggy Noonan. I'm finished with Peggy Noonan. I'm not reading her anymore. And I come back and and uh, vent my spleen again at the arrogance, her just simple assumption that Chris Christie is the way to go. He's at 1%, 1% in the polls. You're, you're like a you're like a moth attracted to the flame, Tom. I mean, every time Peyton Newton writes a column, uh, I hear from you. Uh, and usually it's on your Sabbath when I can't respond and get in and, and get through. Uh, and then, you know, you do the same thing with our uh, with our old friend, Bill Crystal, who, you know, every time you, you apparently regularly go check his tweets. I stopped doing that a long time ago. Life's too short and there aren't that many. uh points on the blood pressure scale to waste them uh, on on these uh, meandering thoughts. Uh, but, you, but you're absolutely right. Look, Chris Christie uh, left the governorship of New Jersey with about a 10 percent approval rating in New Jersey. He wouldn't be able to carry his own state in a presidential election. And after all these years, Tom, if Peggy Noonan and uh, Karl Rove and people over at Fox News think that um, major sections of the population that make up the conservative populist coalition in America uh, will go for a Christie. It just shows you how out of touch and stupid they are. But they, they are. call us out of touch. They just assume oh, we're out of touch. They, they mean that, that well, what they mean is we don't understand the what they're hearing in New York and Washington, D.C. <laughs> but, you know, New York and Washington, D.C., thank God, is is not America. Um, Tom, I want to we're running out of time. I want to bring up uh, and unfortunately, I don't have his name at my fingertips, but I want to bring up uh, something that really broke my heart. And I know you, you've heard this story um, the other day in Washington, D.C., uh, an Afghan that came to the United States uh, just in the last couple of years as we got out of Afghanistan. Mohammed Ahmadi this, this, was his name. Yeah, this guy uh, walked onto a U.S. air base in Afghanistan when he was 10 years old, and he essentially never left. He uh, became, uh, he taught himself English. He was basically adopted by the airmen on the base, um, got to know the soldiers, became their translator, um, there are dozens and dozens of American uh, GIs, American veterans that feel like they owe their life to him. Uh, he got him, his family out of um, out of Afghanistan. They went to Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, 
city where the Constitution was written, city where the founders said that only a virtuous people could remain free. And in Philadelphia, he quickly decided that he and his family were not safe. He was robbed. He was afraid that his family would be harmed in the city of brotherly love. So I don't know what his thinking was. He decided to come to the Washington, D.C. area. I mean, for crying out loud, the nation's capital certainly must be a place that still stands for all the things that attracts people to America. He ended up getting a little place, his wife and three or four kids ranging from 15 months, I think, to 13 years old. And they're living in an apartment in Alexandria, Virginia. He was working during the day in one job and at night driving a lift car to earn some extra money, trying to provide for his wife, his children and family that was still in Afghanistan. There's a videotape of four little feral thugs, products of America in 2023 here in Washington, D.C., running down a dark alley after they have killed him. Still on the street, still unarrested. He was buried in a cemetery miles outside of Washington, where there's a sign that says, burials, $1,700. A group of veterans, U.S. veterans, showed up for his funeral, as did did quite a few Afghan Muslims who wept for him. And some of them, as they talked later, said they were weeping for America, the country they came to, trying to find safety from the barbarism of their own land, only to find that we are sinking into the same barbarism. But hey, Let's fight. Let's spend another hundred billion dollars and fight a war in Ukraine to make the world safe. For what? We're not even safe here. Well, I can't top that. And it's a good thing because we're out of time. If I tried to top it, it wouldn't work anyway. But um, that's another powerful ending to another powerful Gary Bauer show with Sidekick. And um, what do we call it? What do we call it? Sidekick, Tom Rose, who's allowed a word or two every now and then. You're the brains in this show. Everybody knows that, Tom. (laughs) Anyway, we are out of time. Thanks for listening. Make sure and hit the subscribe button. Give us a five-star rating. Refer us to friends. We're available wherever you get podcasts. And we're on uh, the radio Sundays on Sirius XM, The Patriot, Channel 125. Have a great couple days. We'll talk to you soon. See you soon. See you soon.